Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast, a place you can find advice, understanding and support as you care for your small humans. I'm Siobhan Hunt. How are you sleeping? Given the state of the world right now, you might be finding that sleep is quite a challenge. When things get out of whack outside the home, kids can become more unsettled too. Professor Dorothy Bruck is a sleep psychologist and a spokesperson with the Sleep Health Foundation. She joins me now. Hi, Dorothy. How are you? Hi, Siobhan. I'm fine. Thanks. Have you found that the coronavirus pandemic has impacted the way people are sleeping? Um, Yes, the research is certainly showing that uh, there are changes, but it's not all in the one direction. Some people have found that uh, if they're able to work at home, not having a commute has actually meant they've got more time to get sufficient sleep. So for some people, it's actually improved. But for a lot of people, um, especially if there are some mental health issues, uh, you know, high anxiety, stress, uh, maybe depression coming in, sleep is invariably uh, affected Um, when there are mental health issues as well. I have heard anecdotally that children are finding it hard to sleep, for example, um, having nightmares, waking up in the night or actually finding it difficult to fall asleep. I'm wondering if, if that's something you've heard of at all. Well, um, yes, and it's it's quite understandable. Children are very good at picking up when there's stress, uh, you know, in the environment uh, outside the family or inside the family. And um, I guess they're internalising that stress and that's uh, affecting their sleep, which is not surprising. Um, so it's not unusual to hear of uh, more nightmares. Children are, are particularly susceptible to nightmares compared to adults. Of course, not every child will have nightmares, but if the child is stressed, this is where you often see it. They have trouble going to sleep or if they wake up, they can't self-soothe themselves back to sleep because they're in a, a sort of a heightened state of, of vigilance and arousal, a bit like that um, fight or flight response. And, and the children are getting that as well and they want to go in and, and seek some reassurance and comfort from mum and dad perhaps. So if um, what's happening in the day or the way um families are inside their homes during the day is impacting on the way children are sleeping. Is that where we have to pay attention in order to sort out their sleeping? Like is that kind of the first step in in helping them sleep better? I think that that would be a very sensible thing to do is to see whether you could reduce the amount of stress that the child. So when children do come to you at night and they want that reassurance, say they want to get into bed with you and you've been a parent who's tried very hard to get your children to sleep in the same bed, Um, should we be strict about that or are there allowances we can or should make given we're in such unusual times right now? Look, I think it's very hard to be prescriptive because some some parents will want to do one thing and other parents will want to do the other. But there are sort of compromise situations too or compromise strategies that you could use. Um, if the child wants reassurance uh, in the middle of the night and you don't want them to come into your bed, 
if they're already in a bed and no longer in a cot, you could go and snuggle in with them in their, uh, their bed. Um, if it's a regular thing, you could even put a mattress or a, or a camping um, stretcher in their room and you could go in and say, okay, I'm just going to lie here while you go back to sleep. Um, I'm not going to interact with you, you know, I'm just going to tell you that it's time for sleep now. And and the, the feeling there is that the hope there is that the reassurance of having the parent right there will um, reduce their stress and their fears and their anxiety. So it doesn't all have to be giving in to have the parents, you know, uh, sorry, the child snuggling in between mum and dad, which of course parents worry about that becoming something regular. But if if there's a mattress on the floor or if you're snuggling in with your your child, these are things that are a little bit easier to break, I think. And um, I sort of left parents hanging there. What if you're one of those people who are yourself struggling to sleep because the pandemic is making you unsettled and, and keeping you awake at night? Yeah, look, this is all uh, very understandable. Um, and I think... We, we all have to find the right balance of um, not letting ourselves be overwhelmed with the news that's coming through, to take a break from it, to take a break from all the screen time that you might be doing if you're working at home, to remember that um, both for you and your child, time outdoors, time in outdoor light, time being active, time in nature, if possible, is all going to be uh, useful for your own stress levels and useful for going to uh, to sleep better. See, what happens is that when we have stress and anxiety, we, we go into this state of, of hypervigilance. You know, we're worried, flight and fight. Um, we've got all those hormones, all the stress hormones going, and we're, we're much more vigilant. And so anything you can do to break that cycle a bit of trying to bring down that hypervigilance so that over the whole 24-hour period you've got less of it, then that's going to mean that you've got more chance of, um, if you wake in the middle of night, of going back to sleep and you've got more chance if you can implement some of those things with your child too that everybody will have a little bit less stress. There are some um, relaxation things that you can do with your child um, which might be helpful before they go off to sleep, before you leave them into in their own bed. And uh, these are things like, you know, music and so forth or doing some um, breathing exercises, just little fun ones like getting them to count to four, you know, one rabbit, two rabbit, three rabbit, um, breathing in, four holding it, four, breathing out, four, breathing it out um, uh, before you breathe in again. So four lots of four, if you like. Um, but these are very simple things that you can teach your young child. And the hope is that they will learn to implement those themselves to soothe themselves, to identify, oh, I can't go to sleep now because I'm feeling a bit stressed and um, fearful. Maybe I could do the one rabbit, two rabbit thing that mum says is a good idea. Do we know, is there an optimal, optimal amount of sleep that we should be getting as adults uh, or is that variable depending on who you are? Well, the general range is between um, seven and nine hours. Um, so most people are somewhere around uh, eight hours. But um, 
Some people are short sleepers, some people are longer sleepers. And it's the same with children. They they do vary. And, you know, attentive parents can probably work out when their child is overtired and think, okay, I've got to, you know, try and get them off to bed a little bit earlier or, um, you know, see if we can uh, get them to stay in bed on their own a little bit longer, you know, various strategies depending on how old the child is. So those of us who might be homeschooling and then working until later and then staying up even later to try and get some time to your, ourselves, that's possibly not the best idea that we might be missing out on sleep that's going to make us feel better than staying up and watching a few extra series of or episodes of Netflix might do. <laughs> Well, it, it's all about finding the right balance. I mean, it's 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 not a good idea to skimp on the hours of sleep. If you think you're an eight hours a night person, then you're not going to do your mental health, your stress, your concentration, your performance um, indicators any good whatsoever if you're skimping on your sleep. But I can understand the dilemma. You know, you've got the kids, you're trying to do the right thing by the kids during the day, then you're getting a little bit of work done at night and then you might not have much time to yourself. But there's also the danger that if you're working right up until, you know, oh, my God, it's, you know, 11, 30, 12 o'clock, I need to go to bed now, your mind could well be too active to go to sleep for another hour. And, of course, we all know that um, no good having screen time just immediately before you go to bed, especially if you're still getting that blue light from your screens um, because that suppresses the, the hormone melatonin. And, Dorothy, finally, why is it worth investing in that sleep? Why is it worth putting in place healthy sleep practices to make sure we get the hours we need, that we're um, rested enough, I guess? What kind of impact can it have if we do sort of try to prioritise getting the hours we need? Well, there are both acute fix effects and chronic effects. The, the acute effects are can be emotional. You can be more irritable, more grumpy, more prone to sadness. Um, so often mental health and poor sleep go hand in hand and it's a bi-directional uh, two-way street, if you like, um, that uh, poor sleep can cause more mental health difficulties and mental health difficulties can cause poor sleep. So certainly emotional stability is important and you, you can only have that if you're getting enough sleep. But then there's also the concentration um, uh, and your memory, your ability to attend to things when you are working or helping your child with their schooling. That's all very important as well. But there's also long-term effects. We know that um, if people are chronically sleep-deprived, they're more prone to um, uh, glucose syndromes, glucose changes that make them more prone to diabetes. So we do see higher prevalence of uh, diabetes in people that are um, sleep-deprived uh, on an ongoing basis. It also affects your cardiovascular health. Um, affects your reaction time as well and your ability to do sport, your, you know, your levels of tiredness and fatigue, your ability to, uh, you know, wanting to go outside and actually do something active that's going to be very good for you. So really sleep affects everything, you know, from my point of view. If you're not getting enough sleep on an ongoing basis, then you're really not performing at your peak in any of the key areas of, of your life. And something we probably all need right now in lockdown. Dorothy, thank you so much for speaking with us today. Thank you.
That's Professor Dorothy Bruck, sleep psychologist and spokesperson for the Sleep Health Foundation. <laughs> 